When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to This is the Jet Life with Dan Burnham. Your guide to the New York Jets sports and much more. And now, your host, Dan Burnham. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of This is the Jet Life. Today's podcast episode is going to preview the Dallas Cowboys game upcoming where the Jets will look to go to 2-0 and on the season, beating America's team in the Dallas Cowboys down in Arlington, Texas. Today's episode, we are going to do an AFC East check-in to start. Then we're going to do that Cowboys preview. We're going to do a little what's on tap today, and then a prediction of the game. It's going to be a pretty quick episode but I wanted to separate it from the review episode of the Bills, separate it also from the Aaron Rodgers news. I think moving forward this season, what I'm going to do is a preview episode and then a review episode separately. So instead of having one hour-long episode, it'll probably be a 30, 35-minute review episode and then like a 20-minute preview episode. One of those will have a what's on tap. One of them will have a father time, depending on where the father time fits best. And that's kind of what the recipe is going to be for the remainder of the 2023 podcast season for This is the Jet Life. I need to remind you to rate, review, subscribe to this podcast anywhere podcasts are found. That's always appreciated. Follow me on Twitter at Jets underscore Dan. If you're looking for more content, you're listening to a Fans First Sports Network production here. So let's start by checking in on the AFC East. And before that, looking at the AFC, where only six AFC teams won in the opening weekend of football. So there were 10 losses from AFC teams, and that's what we want to see. If we're trying to make the playoffs, we obviously want to try to win the division first. But if we can't do that, we need to make the wild card. We need teams in the AFC to lose. And the losses now and the wins now are just as important as they are later. So to get some of those teams racking up losses early, very, very big. The Jets right now would make the playoffs if the season ended today. So that's very exciting as well. And uh, they beat the Bills 22-16. to They're currently tied for first place. It's nice to be a 1-0 team right now. It's nice to be able to back up Monday Night Football against the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen and roll out the team that we rolled out, come out with a W, and now look to the Cowboys and be like, you know what, if we can stack this thing together, go on a winning streak, be one of the best teams in the league, it's a good place to be in standings-wise. You look at the roster, you're a little bit nervous about what perhaps we're rolling out under center moving forward, but it is what it is. We need to regroup. We need to use this amazing roster that we have to its best and full effectiveness and try to find a way to scratch out some games here. 
When you look at the rest of the AFC East teams that are trying to compete with us for this division, you've got the Bills, who are now 0-1 after losing to the Jets 22-16. The Dolphins beat the Chargers 36-34. to um, So they're the only other team in the AFC East that actually won. That game was a dogfight, and man, oh man. The Chargers could have pulled that thing off. I was rooting for them, obviously. But the Dolphins win. Big old shootout. They are tied for first. They are feeling good about themselves right now. We need them to come back down to earth this week. The Patriots, they lost to the Eagles 20-25. to um, You feel good about the Patriots losing. You don't feel great about how difficult they made it on Jalen Hurts. It was rainy. The whole weekend of opening games across the league was pretty rainy and pretty tough to play in. But you want the Patriots to get smoked by a team like the Eagles, you know, 40-15. to That's what I was hoping for. It was a dogfight again there. The Patriots almost came back and won the game. They had an opportunity within, like, the 20-yard line to potentially throw a touchdown and win. They didn't get it, so the Eagles hang on. But the Patriots, as much as we like to talk about them not being the class of the AFC East anymore, they are still a hard out to anybody that plays them every single week. And we play them in two weeks. We could very well struggle against that defense specifically. Their offense, it's not so dangerous. But, again, it was a rainy day. We'll see what Bill O'Brien's defense can or offense can do moving forward for them. So that's what we have here. We got two 0 and one teams, and the Dolphins and Jets are one and zero. Next week, the Bills are going to be playing the Raiders at Orchard Park, one p.m. There, the Raiders are one and zero after beating the Denver Broncos this past weekend. The Dolphins are going to be playing the Patriots Sunday Night Football in New England at eight twenty. So that's going to be a fun game to watch. Somebody's going to have to win, unfortunately. You don't want the Dolphins to go to 2-0. and You also don't want the Patriots to beat the Dolphins and get in the win column. It's hard to pick either team to win that one. But the most important game, of course, is the Jets at the 1-0 Cowboys at 4-25. That's going to be a very exciting game because the Jets are 1-0, and we play the Cowboys pretty well. We've actually beaten them in the last three matchups against them. Everyone since 2011, the Jets have won all by three points or less, but still all New York victories. Um, but the Cowboys are feeling really good about themselves, too. They just beat the Giants at Jet Life Stadium 40-0 to on primetime Sunday Night Football. A lot of you probably watched that game and watched the Cowboys. They weren't special on offense, but they made big-time plays on defense all over the field. It was a slop fest in the rain, but they took advantage of opportunities, and they made the Giants and Daniel Jones and everybody look very, very foolish, very, very easily, it seemed. Cooper Rush playing in this game with a decent amount of time left. So it's going to be a big matchup for the Jets, something that we'd love to win, hang our hats on another W, keep the positivity flowing in what feels like a very negative season right now at this point in time. But there's always optimism, always hope, and if there's one team that we play well in the last few years, it's the Dallas Cowboys. So I'm going to talk about the Cowboys team, coaches, offense, defense, and everything. But before we do that, we are going to take a quick pit stop at the cooler for a little what time tap. And today, I am drinking something that felt right when I saw it in the fridge. It's something that I've reviewed on this podcast before in What's on Tap. It is fresh by Alvarium Brewing Company. It is a delicious New England IPA, 6.5% alcohol, spelled P-H-R-E-S-H with a nice tie-dye can. Love New England IPAs. This is actually one of my favorites of all time because it's just super smooth and super hazy. And 6.5% is just my sweet spot. 
But the reason I picked fresh is because this New York Jets team needs to start fresh. We came in thinking we were one thing. We were the Aaron Rodgers, Hard Knocks team, America's team coming out with the American flag. It was incredible. We were fired up. We couldn't wait for this season. We knew what we were. We were the team with the target on its back. But we're not that anymore. We are underdogs now. We are nine and a half point dogs to the Dallas Cowboys, and we got to start fresh. We need Zach Wilson and company to bring something new to the team. We got to move past the Aaron Rodgers thing. We don't have that anymore. What do we have now? That's what's important. How do we start fresh? How do we make it work? That's why I'm drinking this beer, also because it's freaking delicious. Handcrafted in hard hit in New Britain. Mm. What a good New England IPA. If you can find it, I highly recommend it. It's got like a little bit of orangey tropical notes to it, but it's not too fruity, not too sweet. Yeah, it's one of those like quick drinkers. You don't realize how fast you're drinking it. I know I complain about like 8% beers because too much ABV. I'm not always trying to just get absolutely sloshed making a podcast or watching a movie or something. So I go to like these 6.5%. But when you think about the speed in which I drink them, it probably is counterintuitive and maybe does more damage drinking these things. But damn, they are good. This is fresh by Alvarium Beer Company, New Britain, Connecticut. That is this week's What's on Tap. Now, before we go over to a true Cowboys preview, we have to take a quick commercial break. Alrighty, and welcome back to This is the Jet Life, where we are going to preview the Dallas Cowboys game by first just getting to know their team a little bit. The Cowboys coaches, Mike McCarthy is their head coach. He was the head coach of Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers previously. He could have been a Jets coach. I don't think anybody wanted him. I don't know how respected he is by fans or people in the media. I don't think we respect him all that much or are that impressed with him as a coach, but maybe in the NFL world, he's a little bit more loved. I'm not worried about him, but they do have great coordinators there. Dan Quinn is an awesome defensive coordinator. He had been the head coach of the Falcons by being a great defensive coordinator for, I believe it was the Seahawks, with like the Legion of Boom. This guy knows how to make big plays happen on defense. And then on offense, their offensive coordinator is Brian Schottenheimer. That name should be familiar to you because he was our Jets offensive coordinator from 2006 to 2011, which means he was there for Chad Pennington's last couple of years, the Brett Favre season, and Mark Sanchez's two AFC championship game runs. So Brian Schottenheimer, we are very familiar with him. Obviously, when things changed, we moved on from Rex Ryan, we got new offensive coordinators, and Brian Schottenheimer went elsewhere, but he has put together a very nice NFL career, and now he's there with the Dallas Cowboys in a big spot and a team with pretty high aspirations for the season coming up. So overall, they have a pretty good coaching staff, especially coordinators. When you look at their offense, Dak Prescott is kind of like the most average quarterback in the league. He's not elite. He's not super fast, super athletic, doesn't have a cannon of an arm, but he does make pretty good passes, throws a nice ball, comfortable in the pocket, understands the offenses. He can operate an offense pretty well. He's got two running backs. He mostly leans on Tony Pollard, who's taking over lead bell cow kind of role with Ezekiel Elliott in New England now. Tony Pollard is a speedier runner, so we got to make sure that he doesn't break anything big against us. But he's also somewhat small. And I think if the Jets can shut down Tony Pollard, his backup is Rico Dowdle. I mean, those two guys should be stoppable. You just got to make sure that Tony Pollard doesn't get screen passes, easy little things where he can get upfield for 20 yards. 
or break a big one against us because he does have some home run ability to him. You look at the Dallas Cowboys receivers. CeeDee Lamb is the big one. He is their number one wide receiver. Going to be going up against either DJ Reed or Sauce Gardner or even Michael Carter if he decides to go to the slot for any snaps this game. Uh, I feel good about any one of those matchups because I think that CeeDee Lamb is one of the better receivers in the league, but I think that our cornerbacks are the best in the league, and I think that we can make CeeDee Lamb's day pretty difficult. If you're not throwing to him, you're throwing to Brandon Cooks, you're throwing to Michael Gallup, and either way, those guys are getting covered by another DJ Reed, Sauce Gardner, or Michael Carter II. Not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy for any team to throw against the Jets this year. Tight ends are something that are, you know, often thrown to when you play against the Jets in the zone defense. Screen passes and little, like, button hooks to tight ends. Jake Ferguson would be the number one for the Dallas Cowboys now. He was a guy I was looking at the Jets drafting out of Wisconsin a few years ago, but he played against the Giants. It was rainy, but he struggled pretty heavily. Um, He's trying to take on that Dalton Schultz role, which Dak Prescott likes to utilize. I'm not super nervous about him right now, but he is going to be playing in drier conditions in Dallas and will probably get a lot of opportunities to catch just like Dalton Kincaid did against the Jets this past week. So we'll look out for him a little bit. And the other scary thing about the Dallas Cowboys is just that they have a really nice offensive line. right? They've got Tyron Smith. They've got Zach Martin, who are two of the best in the entire league. You look at their left guard against the Giants, it was Chuma Adoga, who apparently can switch into left guard. Didn't even consider him to do that. He'd been a swing tackle for the Jets out of USC for a couple of years, and it didn't really work out. But I saw him playing for the Cowboys. I'm like, Chuma Doga playing left guard. Where did this ability come from? Now, he's not the most physically imposing offensive lineman. And there are a couple weak spots. You know, they've got Steele on their offensive line as well. Our strength is our defensive line. So it's going to be strength against strength right there. Best part of the Cowboys, offensive line. Best part about the Jets, defensive line. What's going to happen when push comes to shove in this game? Dak Prescott's pretty good at getting the ball out quickly, seeing the pass rushes coming in. But the Jets are built a little different. It is really freaking hard to stop Quinn and Williams and John Franklin Myers and Jermaine Johnson and Carl Lawson and Michael Clemens. Just one after another coming after you and then rotating. If the Jets can get good pressure in this game like they did against Josh Allen, this is a much better offensive line than the Bills have in Dallas. But if the Jets can get similar pressure, maybe four sacks, eight quarterback hits, make Dak uncomfortable, they're going to have a shot to keep the score very, very low. And... As much as I like the Dallas Cowboys offensive line, I kind of trust the Jets' defensive line more. I think that they're both the strengths, and I think our strength is better. So we'll see what can happen there. The Cowboys are going to try to run the ball a lot. You know, they had 30 carries this past week. Their offensive line gave up only three quarterback pressures against the Giants. I mean, yikes. Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, Kayvon Thibodeau, they should be getting more than three total quarterback pressures and no sacks. But Dallas, you know, they know how to get the ball into safe spots, and and try to keep the turnovers down, which Dak Prescott will try to turn up if you let him loose. When you look at the defense of the Cowboys, this unit is also very scary. Scarier than the offense, I would say, just because they are flashier. The only really flashy player on the Cowboys offense is CeeDee Lamb and Tony Pollard. Everyone else is just kind of like reliable or steady. The defense is full of playmakers. And the two biggest ones are Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs. Talk about the defensive line. Micah Parsons is defensive end now. He was kind of a linebacker early, took a lot of defensive end snaps. He's now officially a defensive end. He's there with Demarcus Lawrence, another great pass rusher. Osa Ogadizua, Dorrance Armstrong, Dante Fowler, Jonathan Hankins. That's a unit. And Micah Parsons is the best of them all. 
and he's one of the best pass rushers I've ever seen. He's like if Von Miller had the ability to bull rush a guy. He's got all the same ability and speed and aggressiveness and pursuit as a young Von Miller, but also has more strength and can get off engagements even better. Demarcus Lawrence is amazing. I mean, that defensive line is awesome. And I know we have an awesome defensive line, but it's going up against the Cowboys' awesome offensive line. Our offensive line's not quite as strong. And a guy like Micah Parsons could be feasting against the Jets, making a guy like Zach Wilson, who gets flustered easily, very, very uncomfortable. Against Daniel Jones, they had 12 quarterback pressures and 7 sacks. So the Jets had 9 quarterback pressures and 5 sacks, and it felt like an awesome game. They had 12 and 7. Giants offensive line, obviously a work in progress, had a couple injuries, took some guys out, got some sacks late, rainy slop fest, but Cowboys defensive line is no joke, and our offensive line hopefully isn't one either. But Zach Wilson, man, oh man, I could just see him running for his life against Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence. Linebacker is probably the biggest weakness of the Cowboys. Leighton Vander should be the the best linebacker they have, but he's kind of trending down to me over the past couple of years after having a really nice rookie season. Their cornerbacks, I mean, Stephon Gilmore, we know him. He's a pretty reliable, good cornerback. Trevon Diggs is the other guy. He is ridiculously good at making plays. You can beat him and burn him, but if you throw a ball that he can catch, he will catch it. He will knock the ball out. He had multiple forced fumbles against the Giants. He punches, he rips, he catches one-handers. He's, he's Stephon Diggs' brother. And he's really freaking good. And, uh, you know, you could try to take some shots at him because you can burn him. And if Zach Wilson gets comfortable seeing that and like, ooh, we can get a... And Garrett Wilson tells him, like, oh, I got Trayvon Diggs on me, man. I just burned him. Throw me one. And all of a sudden, it's underthrown a little bit. And Trayvon Diggs is in better position on that play. Got to watch out. Deron Bland is in their nickel spot. He's a good player as well. Their safeties are pretty good. Jaron Curse, Malik Hooker, Donovan Wilson, who didn't even play against the Giants, but is a good safety. They have a good defense, and Dan Quinn is a good coordinator. And our offense is going to be struggling right now. We got to run. We got to utilize this Brees Hall, Dalvin Cook, screen pass, tight ends, and everything to try to make the pressure of Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence work against them, right? If Micah Parsons is going to come up field really, really fast, try to find a way to screen pass and negate it a little bit, do some sneaky things to make them uncomfortable, draw plays, get them out of position. That's what you have to do. I don't see Zach Wilson throwing for 250 yards in this game. I see him having a similar performance to what he did against the Buffalo Bills. Hopefully not more turnovers. Hopefully not more sacks. But it's going to be a low-scoring game. Probably lots of turnovers. Probably lots of sacks for both teams. Probably a decent amount of penalties. It's kind of what I foresee. But the Jets have something going here. And they have a belief. And I think the Cowboys are in the opposite position where they feel like after winning 40-0, to they can't be stopped. And now they're thinking, oh, my God, and Aaron Rodgers is out. Holy smokes, what an easy game we have now. This is fantastic. I can't wait to crush Zach Wilson at home, our home opener in Dallas. So much going for them, right, mentally. They feel great. The Jets, on the other hand, like my dad said in his father time on the last episode, we're a wounded animal. And we feel right now like we have to. You remember when we played with Zach Wilson last year and there was that feeling like on the defensive side that like we have to play out of our freaking minds to win this game. Not, like, purposefully to be mean or rude to Zach Wilson or his ability, but just, like, the nature of it all. Like, if we want to win this thing, we got to be nuclear. we got to do everything right. I think the Jets are going to find a way to kind of tap into that and say, you know what, these Cowboys think they're special, and we're going to shock them. We're going to hit them in the mouth. 
they're not going to be expecting us to be quite as fired up as we are for this game. Brees Hall to be quite as fast as he is. Garrett Wilson to make the catches he does. Our defensive line to be as strong and fast as they are. And now you throw in this Jordan Whitehead, who's apparently like one of the best playmakers in the league, making all these crazy plays. If he can keep something like that up, if we can find another little stud star and Xavier Gibson making a special play, another big Brees Hall run, I mean, there's stuff in there in this Jets team. We have ability. We have players that can get things done. I think we find a way to scratch out 16 points and make that Cowboys day miserable. Stopping their run, stopping C.D. Lamb, making Dak Prescott throw the ball in the dirt, throw it away, punt the ball. Jets win 16-13 to in Dallas. Keep the thing going. They're 2-0 and when no one expects them to be. And we're a little bit more fired up sitting here thinking a little bit better about this Jets team than we do right now. That's God, I hope that's what happens. There is a very real scenario that the game is a little bit uglier than that, and Dallas has their way with us. But that remains to be seen. I will be watching, as always, whether there's Aaron Rodgers, no Aaron Rodgers, Zach Wilson, I don't care who. I watched Brooks Bollinger. I watched Quincy Carter. I watched all sorts of different guys play quarterback for this New York Jets team. This is no different. We can do it. We got a roster this year. Zach Wilson at least isn't a rookie. He's not at least, you know, a guy trying to figure out what the hell. He should at least have some semblance of veteran leadership in there. He knows the guys. He's got Aaron Rodgers there in his ear to help out. There's a scenario where this stuff works, and we've got our Elijah Vera Tuckers and Mekhi Becktons and Brees Halls and Dalvin Cooks in the mix. There's a lot of things that can still go well for us. We just got to make sure we capitalize in big moments against teams like the Dallas Cowboys in this upcoming week. So... That's all I got for this podcast episode. Rate, review, subscribe, follow me on Twitter at Jets underscore Dan, and then I'll be back next week recapping the Dallas Cowboys game. Hopefully a Jets win. Hopefully still undefeated. We shall see. It's a hard time to be a Jets fan right now, but there's reasons to be optimistic. Just try to lean into that. Let's have a good Sunday upcoming. I'm Dan Burnham, and this is The Jet Life. (laughs) 